guess what, guys? Welcome to the Revolve Recap Weekly Podcast, where David is on vacation, but we're here helping the members of Revolve Church deepen their connection to God, his family, my family, his mission. This is Bill Lackey, and I'm here with special guests. You demanded it. It's here by popular demand, and not by it. I mean her. I mean Gina. Here she is. Say hi to the people, Gina. Hi. Oh, don't be bashful. Get up on that mic and say hello. <laughs> Guess what? We have a special edition of everybody's favorite segment. You want to do it? No. <laughs> Tales from the road. And this story involves Gina too. And so I'm going to say it. I'm going to tell you the story so she can be embarrassed. Gina, are you going to be embarrassed? Yes, very embarrassed. I'm already embarrassed. <laughs> She's already embarrassed. I didn't even tell the story. This story has a title, by the way. It's a special title. It's called Marriage Advice from a Saudi. And it happened while we were on a plane, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Where were we going? We were going to Jakarta. So where did we start? We went from JFK to Dubai, right? Yes. yes. We went from JFK to Dubai and Dubai to Jakarta. And this is, oh, this is crazy. So we landed in Dubai and it was during aid. Um, and which, so going into the pilgrimage season. And when we got there, Gina was one of two women in the entire airport, not in a full burqa. That's right. And I had G- my arms exposed. Gina was wearing, she had a hoodie and like a t-shirt and you would have thought that she was naked. And then meanwhile, there we see this girl from like Norway or something walking in like a spaghetti strap tank top, just strutting her st- stuff, walking down the thing. But we didn't realize that it was, there were so many people passing through the Middle Eastern world to go to Mecca. And it was crazy. And Gina was very uncomfortable. And I thought it was funny. Yes. And, but not everybody, just because you're Muslim and it's the season for pilgrimage doesn't mean that you go on pilgrimage because we were on our way then for the second leg, eight hour flight, I think it was or so, to go from Dubai to Jakarta. And we got stuck next to a delightful man who was from Saudi Arabia and he was on vacation. He was going to Jakarta, blow off some steam. You know what I mean? And he wanted to talk to me the whole way didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I pretended I was sleeping. She really did, did because this is how the conversation went. He said, Hey, his, his English was okay, but it wasn't that great. And he was like, Hey, so this is your wife. And he's like, Hey, you know, and he said, how many kids do you have? And I said, Oh, we don't have any kids yet. And he was just flabbergasted that we didn't have any kids yet. And he was like, really concerned about it. So he said, what's wrong? And I was like, oh, nothing's wrong. We just don't have kids yet. And he looks at me. If you, I hope you're watching this on YouTube because otherwise you're going to miss half the experience. He looks at me like, come on, what's wrong? As he's, as he's listing his eyebrows up and down. And then he starts going like this. You got, you got a problem? You got a problem? You can't, you can't make the baby? And I was like, no, there's no problem. It's just that we don't have kids yet. You know, not everybody in the United States has kids immediately. Sometimes they wait a little bit. And then every like 20 minutes, I'd see him over there and he'd be like working on a little napkin. And he'd be looking <laughs> at me and Gina and he'd look over and he was like old enough to be our parent. He was, <laughs> and then he's like, hey, look, this is very good. 
to make a child. This, and he's showing me his little pictures, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life. And Gina, meanwhile, has her hoodie pulled down, <laughs> and for eight hours straight, she was like this, just pretending that she was asleep while he keeps talking to me. And then it gets to the point where we're about ready to land, and he starts trying to invite us over his apartment yeah and he's like you gotta come to my apartment because this baby's got to be made right now really bad it was really uncomfortable and the one of the other things that gina maybe forgot is another great aspect of this trip was two rows ahead in front of us was a baby that screamed the entire time time. so i felt like saying maybe that's why there's no baby yet but (laughs) because of that just kidding marriage advice from a saudi Gina, you want to add anything to that story? No, I don't. It's a great story. She's embarrassed about it. You know what? Um, This was like October, November. It was like October, November, 2011. And uh, Emma was born July 13th, 2012. So, I mean, do the math. Maybe his advice was good. I don't know. Anyway... Listen, as many of you know, we actually didn't move to Southeast Asia. Guys, this is not live from Southeast Asia. This is live from North Cape May over here next to the ferry. There's just some guy sitting at our picnic table eating Wawa, and he's trying to come into the church. But it's, it's, currently, it's currently locked, and we're currently having a meeting, sir. And so um, we're going to have to pause here for a moment. All right. Sorry about that interruption. As many of you know, we didn't move to Southeast Asia. We came home, and a few months later, we actually started planting a church here in New Jersey. So today, I invited Jeet on the podcast um, because we want to talk about some of that vision that we had for Revolve back when we planted the church. And specifically, we wanted to talk about a key area that you probably didn't know Gina was instrumental in developing, and that area was serve staff. Yes. Boomsies. Come so, on, Gina, give me yes. a boomsie. Oh my gosh, she doesn't even know how to give a boomsies. <laughs> so Gina, look, we're going to break this into three sections in honor of David. We're going to look at the past, look at the present, and look to the future. Sure, sure. So, original vision for serve staff. Gina, you tell us when you were dreaming through this, because you were reading books left and right, mm-hmm. when you were thinking about the, po- the not podcast, you weren't thinking about the <laughs> podcast, when you were thinking about serve staff, what kinds of things came to mind in terms of the original vision? So, yes. So when we planted the church, Bill and I sat down and kind of worked out the original vision that we had for our serve ministry. And um, we designed it intentionally with the desire to guard our people because we felt like a lot of people when they were involved with churches they would work so frequently that they felt burned out and they would feel taken advantage of and um, it sometimes would cause people to turn bitter towards the church and as not a result, better not better bitter. bitter bitter towards the church and as a result they would turn bitter towards God mm-hmm. um, and so when we first planted the church we planned out the serve ministry and designed the serve ministry with that in mind in a desire to guard the people who were involved in it. Yeah. I mean, I remember there were certain people that we talked to who had literally served every Sunday, like not served and not attended church, served every Sunday for like the last seven, eight years and not attended a service. And even still to this day, there'll be people who come in 
and that's their what they're used mm-hmm. to. And they basically got burned out. And then once they stepped down from their previous position, it was almost like they didn't know how to continue at their former church. Right. And so we saw a lot of burnout. Um, and I guess I would say a lot of people feeling like they were just a cog in a machine, mm-hmm. you know, um, and where they just felt like they existed to make the machine run instead of feeling like they were an integral part of the you know, of the church family and, yeah. and doing doing what God wanted them to do. Yeah, and I think people would feel more that they reviewed what they could do for the church instead of just being a part, like you said, yeah. not feeling a part of the family. They were just workers. And then the other thing that I we talk about a lot about is the fact that people wouldn't, they weren't getting connected to discipleship mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. So it was like you just showed up on Sunday, you did their thing, and then maybe there'd be like a Bible study or a midweek class, but people weren't actually con- getting connected relationally to one another. Right. Yeah. So those were some of like the driving problems. But what about the vision? When you think about the vision that you were casting for Serve Staff, what are some of the things that came to mind? So when we first planted the church, our vision was that every person who regularly attended Revolve would serve one time a month. And that was our goal. And that was our hope because there was the saying 10% of the people would do 90% of the work. And then there would just be a bunch of people not participating at all. Um, And so our dream and our goal from the very beginning was that everybody would contribute. If you regularly attended our church, not if you were a one-time visitor. First time here, you better start serving. (laughs) No. No, not if you popped in, you know, once every few months. But if you were a regular attender at the church, we wanted every single person to serve once a month because that way we were guarding everybody. Nobody was getting burned out. Nobody was feeling taken advantage of. Everybody would be serving out of an overflow because they were feeling spiritually edified and spiritually refreshed and service was a joy. So that was part of the original vision. So if I can summarize what you just said, basically we knew that serving was a blessing to people and a necessity for the church, but we also knew that a lot of people had been burned out because of it. Mm -hmm. And so we really wrestled with how to create an environment where your serve staff would feel like they were contributing instead of just a cog in a machine where they felt valued, where in the serve staff they they could meet other people, they could make some friends, even develop some discipleship relationships potentially, things like that. Yeah, And so that was kind of the vision of it, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah, and we viewed serving, in our minds, we viewed serving not just helping us execute Sunday morning, but we viewed it as this was a part of how you could get connected into the body. Right. Um, it was it was hard to get to know people at Revolve. We it still is. It still is. We don't have a building. <laughs> we never had a building. We didn't have anywhere to linger and to socialize after church, and so it was hard to get to know people. And so... Um, we, we viewed it as an opportunity to help people get connected and to get involved and to start meeting other teammates. And then the goal was if they were connected, then we would have more opportunities to disciple them. And so that was a big part of how we viewed the ministry was an opportunity to kind of catch people in the net. Yeah. Yep. We just want to catch people in the net so they can't escape. (laughs) And then pretty soon you're drinking blood out of a skull. Oh my God. You join the cult, drink the Kool-Aid get marriage advice from a Saudi. That's the way it works. That's what we're passionate about, guys. All right, so that was, Gina's so uncomfortable. You think David gets uncomfortable with my jokes? Look at Gina. She's like, why did I marry him? So um, driving values. So when you talk about organizational leadership, you have like your vision and your mission. 
You know, your mission is what you're here to accomplish. Your vision is what you want to look like in 10 years. And so, you know, the mission is the same no matter what, to glorify God by making disciples who make disciples until the whole world hears. So the vision for Serve Staff falling under that mission is to create an environment where people were connected to the church for the purpose of using their gifts and being disciple, getting connected relationally, as opposed to being burned out. Mm-hmm. And that's what we wanted to see. Yeah. And so what were some of those, we used to call them plumb lines or values, the things that really shaped how we would function, like our high value values? So the first one was ministry, not management. And that was basically our philosophy that every service opportunity within our church, we wanted it to be viewed as part of our ministry, that you weren't just doing a task, but everything you were doing was helping somebody else to be able to participate in church, to hear the good news. So no matter what serve team you're on. But that sounds really good in theory, but what if you're like just holding a baby? So, okay. So if you're in the nursery, obviously you're allowing some tired mother who might burned out and exhausted to sit through church to be spiritually edified to hear the teaching of the word and to maybe hear the gospel for the first time Amen. so even a simple task like holding a baby is a blessing to someone else in the body of christ right um if you're greeting a simple smile making someone feel welcome the first time they walk through the door could make or break whether or not that person returns to church yeah and so the gift of hospitality and making people feel comfortable is a ministry and it's not just hey give out this bulletin or give out this you know, song lyrics, it, and you're, it's a ministry. I think all of us can probably relate to visiting somewhere where nobody comes up to greet you and you feel super awkward. Yeah. And I think that sometimes with something like greeting, you know, you might think, oh, this is just like an easy task. I just make sure people get a lyric sheet or don't drink coffee. But the, but the reality is that if you take advantage of that, position, then you not only can meet other people, but that might be someone who is ripe to do a discovery Bible study or someone who is at their wits end and they showed up as a last resort. Yeah. Yeah, First impressions really matter. Yeah. Make a difference. So, so ministry, not management. And so viewing these things, whether it's greeting, whether it is uh, nursery, any serve team, viewing these things as this, you're not just managing a task. This is a ministry opportunity. Mm-hmm. I like that. And the uh, what was the second one? So the second one was serving to the Lord with excellence. So and, what does that mean? Well, basically that we want our all the programs we do, all the systems that we ha- operate to be done with excellence. So, you know, we might drive some people bonkers, but we continually reevaluate all the time. How is this going? How can we refine it? How can we re- improve Gina, it? I definitely drive everybody bonkers. <laughs> With our reevaluations. <laughs> but yeah. you have to reevaluate. You have to be able to look at something and say, okay, just because we've done it like this for five years doesn't mean it's the best way it can be done. And yeah. how can we improve so that it can be done better? A good example of this is think about your own house. Like, let's say I'm trying to think of our house. So, our kids come in, they kick off their shoes, they just like put them in a pile next to the front door, right? Yeah. You are so used to seeing it that you forget it's there yeah. as the family yeah. who lives there. Clutter, you know, Emma's paper. got three pairs of shoes, Eden's got four pairs of shoes, Gina's got six pairs of shoes. Pairs of I just shoes. got a pair of Crocs because I'm efficient, right? And and I'm joking. But the point is that you it's like white noise to you. You totally forget it's there. But then if you have dinner guests over, and they're tripping over your kid's shoes to get to the kitchen table, 
they're aware of it, yeah. even if you're not aware of it. And so like in churches, it's super common. You go visit like a old church, for example, and you go in and in the foyer, there's like a wet mop just like leaning in the corner. And if you've been in that church for 20 years, it's like, well, that's where the mop goes. Right. But if you look at it with outsider's eyes, you know, or even like for us, it was like babies in the gift shop, no big deal. Yeah. But if you're visiting and your baby's in the gift shop, you might be like, I'm not going back there. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And so walking through your church with fresh eyes, walking through a church with eyes of a visitor, what's my first impression? Is this chaotic? Is this a disaster? Is it clear? Do I know what to do? Do I know where Do I'm I even going? know where my child is right. right now? Yeah. Things like that. Do I feel safe? Does, it, does my child, do I feel like my child is safe? Why is that guy holding a machete? <laughs> She looked. She really looked. I thought you were talking about the guy outside. No, he's not holding a machete. But if the kid's church teacher had a machete, you'd be like, this is weird. Yep. yep. Serve the Lord with excellence, not with a machete. Mm -hmm. That was a main value. Three. Um, the third one, serve as you are gifted and not just a warm body. And so that driving value was really important. It's still, it's very hard. <laughs> this one is really hard what for makes us it to hard? actually implement. But... We want our volunteers to serve where they're passionate. So if you, some people just, love holding babies. Just love plunging just toilets. love toddlers. Some people really, really love toddlers. Um, some people love to clean. Believe it or not, we had an entire crew of people that just wanted to come in and clean our bathrooms. They did I not want to clean. hold toddlers. They wanted to clean. That's it. And so like we want to get to know the volunteers at our church. We want to get to know them and make them feel heard and make them feel valued and say to them, where has God gifted you and how can you use your gifts for the body of Christ? But this also can be problematic mm -hmm. because I'll give you an example. Let's say you're um, a homeschool mom and maybe your gift really is teaching, but by the time the weekend rolls around, right. you don't even want to see a kid. And so we have always said, well, you know, um, bloom where no, we've always said not bloom where you're planning. We've always said to serve where you're gifted, but sometimes you have no bandwidth mm -hmm. left. And so yeah. that's always been a little hard because we want to be sensitive to you guys who maybe gifting is teaching, but maybe you, that's what you do for a living yeah. and you don't want to do yeah, it on a Sunday. Yeah. And so we've never forced it, but we've just encouraged it. Yeah. And so... And that brings us actually into our next value. Oh, what is it? What so is it? So we value your spiritual growth over service. Yes. And so they go hand in hand because we want people to serve where they're gifted, but we also want to guard and protect them. And so if they're burned out, if they're in need of a rest, we don't want to ask people to serve. Yeah. You know, and teachers is a perfect example. They teach all week. And so if someone expresses, I'm I'm tired, I, I can't teach right yeah. now, we have to honor that and we have to make them feel heard and we have to make them feel cared for. Yeah. And so they were some of the original driving values. Well, and I, and I think of that last one, Pam Hagee shared this in her mm -hmm. testimony, so I'm not saying anything that she wouldn't share but you know pam we noticed that pam was serving a lot she was serving like sometimes twice a month mm -hmm. um, but then she would never come to service yeah and so we pulled her aside because not because we were like pam what's your problem you got to serve more <laughs> but because we said pam like we noticed you're not at the service and she said well but i'm going to church because i'm teaching and we would say to her like you know that's like your output that's like your outflow, but you have to also be receiving. And we actually asked her to step down from the team, not as a punishment, but because we value mm -hmm. her more than the task she's yeah. accomplishing. And I think this is hard for people to understand, but I genuinely mean it. I would rather have the kids in the service than have our serve staff be burned out. Yeah. Like if I had to choose 
between having a family-friendly service with 50 kids in the service or a bunch of um, serve staff who felt totally abused and taken advantage of, I would take the kids in the church service mm-hmm. any day of the week because we want to value your spiritual gifts and your spiritual growth, rather, your spiritual health over you know, what you're doing. Right, and that goes back to the serving once a month because we want, especially now only having one service. Like It right. used to be serve one and attend one when we had two services, but um, you know, now we only have one service, so we want to make sure if everybody's serving then everybody also gets to attend church and be encouraged and be edified right. and feel refreshed in right. that. So Gina um thank you for those value updates I appreciate that. So when we were starting out small in the strip mall first we were in the Blockbuster then we were in the We Buy Gold um all these really cool locations what were some of the biggest hurdles as we were building this from the ground? Um I think the biggest hurdle was switching to two services. It was terrible. It was that was really hard because we had to double everything. Yeah, and we were still pretty small. Yeah, so, yeah. I think we were like, well, how big were we when we started two services? Like maybe eighty people. No, one hundred and twenty maybe. I think it was like one hundred ten total, though. It wasn't like one hundred ten adults and then kids. We were not that big because, because our other unit could only fit eighty eight people at capacity. Oh, that was in the first unit, but then we expanded to the second. Oh, and, and we then we went 160 to... in there. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. So going to two services was really hard because it was just double of everything. And I think at one point in time, we had 110 service staff mm-hmm. at like the most. Yeah, yeah, and that was a, a really huge transition to jump from, from the one service to two. And then also the administrative stuff was a big hurdle. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, when we first started um, the serve ministry, we used uh, Church Community Builder. Church was Community Builder as our backend software. Oh, CCB, I forgot. CCB. Yeah. And then um, we switched to Planning Center Online, which is what we currently use. And we love Planning Center because it has amazing capabilities. Well, Gina loves Planning Center. I love Planning For me, it's like, putting my, it's like putting my hand in a meat Jen grinder. <laughs> we love Planning Center. All but right, whatever. it does have a learning curve. And so teaching people how to understand, you know, how to do it online and how to get your schedule online. and Either Planning Center is what we use for scheduling volunteers. Check-in. For check-in. Uh, groups, registrations, all that stuff is through P- Planning Center Online. And so that was a big... Uh, also, mm-hmm. needing security was one of the hurdles that we saw yeah. um, because that was when we started to realize we needed... If the kids are going to be in a separate building. They need to be locked. and needs to be away. You know, some of you guys remember Jerry Collins out there threatening to bring a blackjack to church in case things got froggy. God rest his soul. And, yeah. of course, we had a small foyer... Oh, yeah. We had a very small, in our old space, if you were not there, we had a very small foyer. What was it, like seven foot by 10 foot or it something like that? 11 by seven, something like, I'm 14 by seven. I mean, it, it was, was small. Little. It was little. It was small. And um, we had, I mean, there was one Sunday we had 89 kids. That's terrible. And so we needed to figure out how to check them all out. The foyer was filled with people. Wow. It was crazy. So we're going to transition to looking at the present because a lot of you guys started coming during COVID mm-hmm. and or maybe right before. And so you started coming during COVID yeah. and you have no recollection of any of these things. But this is how we used to operate pre-COVID. And now we're just getting back into things. And so like Gina said, some Sundays before COVID, we would have like almost 90 kids. Um, and now we're in the process of rebuilding. And so... What are the things that we're trying to rebuild? Because obviously, 
Like we don't need ushers anymore. We have twelve hundred seats. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're actually roping seats off so you don't sit in them. So some things we don't need to rebuild. And so what are some things that we are actually trying to actively rebuild? Yeah, so we have been gradually relaunching the surf ministry. When when the shutdown first happened, everything stopped. Like literally every single thing that we did just stopped. And we were just hanging out on the deck, very casual. But then one Sunday I was like, I am leaving this I church. I was going to say. If you don't start something Basically, for the kids. Gina gave me the ultimatum. And she stood up in the middle of the church service and she was like, we're starting kids today. Come with me if you want to live. I side note, but I inadvertently. And the elders were like, what happened? (laughs) I did not mean to do it on purpose. Adam and Eve, you know what I'm saying? Eden would not leave me alone. She talks nonstop. So one Sunday, I just brought my Bible and was like, I'm taking the kids to the foyer. And I just walked around and invited kids to come with me. And then I had to text the elders and be like, I did not mean to, to relaunch the kids' yeah, ministry. Because yeah. people came up to me and they were like, like I thank, missed the kids. Thank we goodness gotta, that we started we the, kids ministry. the kids' ministry. Yeah, it was so an accident. It, it's been a lot of rebuilding um, unstrategically in the last year. It's kind of evolved. Yeah, something like As that. Rachel gave us one space at a time. We it was, yeah, it's been, yeah, praise God for that. Yeah. But we are trying to rebuild. And so we want to go back to... I don't mean to say recruiting, but we want to go back to recruiting. We want to remind everybody, including the newer people who weren't here in the old days with the serve one and attend one. And um, we want everybody to be involved. If mm-hmm. you are regularly attending Revolve, we want everybody to be asking themselves, how can I contribute to Once work a month. on Sunday morning? Once a month. That's it. Yep. We're not asking more than that. Um, so other th- things to rebuild, check in, check out. Yes. What is it? What is what does that look like to rebuild, well, check in, and check out? It's currently slightly chaotic, but we're working on it. So yeah, everybody's doing a great job. System. It was just one location. All the kids were behind one walkway, so you didn't go past that. And we brought the kids to you. But now there's several different pick up and drop off locations, and the wildlers and toddlers, and the little kids and the big kids. They're all in different locations. Right. The tweens are way down the hall, and. So we just have to figure out those systems and how to keep it streamlined. And how to communicate it. Yes. I think that's yep. one of the things that you forget about. Like uh, this, we just had a guy come in and he's like, hey, do you have any information about the church? And I was like, nope, because we don't. I mean, it's like we different do. locations, everything's changed. And so I don't even know have anything to give this guy. And it's the same thing. If you're a parent and you show up for the first time, we would love to give you a rack card that says, this is our checkout process. But like, we're still figuring out our checkout yes, process. And so it's really hard to do that. So we're rebuilding this. So rebuilding the serve, kind of the bones of everybody serves once a month. Uh, check in and check out. Greeters, realizing you don't have to usher anymore. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the things that greeters now do have to start doing? They have tackle to tackle people with coffee. If you come with a coffee, the greeters the will actually, she'll, I saw her do it. She cut a guy's leg off. <laughs> I saw her do it, guys. Um, also, it. that door slams a lot, and so we're still trying to figure out with that. Just you know, hold it when you go out. Yeah, we, you know who's got to shut the door? Do we need to like put a little baby there so it catches the door? These are all things we're talking through. Figuring it out. What else? Oh, little kids, big kids. Yep. Yeah, we're still working to recruit teachers. So. Um, well, because right now that age is what? It's age four so to the, third grade? Yeah. The hardest thing with the pandemic is I feel like the second and third grade age 
group have been, I don't want to say neglected, but for lack of a better word, like, well, they don't want to be, they don't want to be with little kids. Right. And when we only had one classroom for these kids, the older children felt like it was too childish and they didn't want to go. So, yep. you know, for two and a half years now, this one particular group has felt like we don't have a space for them. So we really do want to provide a, a classroom for second and third graders because we, we want these kids to have age appropriate content. Um, while they're there on Sunday, we only have them for a half an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. We want to effectively minister to them in a way that they can understand. So, you know, our goal is to have five classes instead of four. And to so we'd split. have nursery, which is toddlers, mm-hmm. waddlers. See, we used to have waddlers and toddlers switched. Right now they're together, but it was like mm-hmm. yesterday there was 17 toddlers. It was craziness. Yeah, it and so... Like maybe that needs to be split. We don't know. These are the things that we're wrestling through right now. But like toddlers, waddlers, little kids, big kids, and tweens. Mm-hmm. So there'd be five classrooms. Right now, we only have three classrooms, yeah. technically. Yeah. And maybe we can split toddlers and waddlers, but we'd have to figure all that stuff out. Because yeah. it's like loud in there. The foyer is super loud. And so even, loud. even yesterday, we were talking with some of the volunteers about, you know, maybe you move the little kids to a different location because it's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. But we're, the point is this, guys, I, we want you to know we're thinking through all these things. You know, we have a meeting this week with Jen. The elders are meeting tomorrow to talk about some of this stuff. We're actively thinking about these things. It's just a process of rebuilding. Yeah. And then onboarding is a whole other thing. Onboarding and reorientation, something we haven't even thought about yet. Right. What what is what is that what did that used to look yeah, like? Yeah, there used to be a whole system for when you joined a serve team and we had team captains and the person in charge of scheduling and then you would have someone who was right. training you that you would shadow them a certain number of times and there was all sorts sorts of literature about your job description and Which what Jen's you could been expect. she's been reworking that stuff. Yeah. But the the model assist model assist launch launch yeah. the mall multiplication the that's something that we used it used to be really streamlined because like the team captain like melissa may was team captain of toddlers and it's like if you were joining toddlers you yeah. would shadow with melissa for like three weeks until she knew you had the system and then she would she'd kick you out of the nest and you would be on your own and so all those processes need to be kind of reworked and figured out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Surf staff Christmas party. That's something we used to do, a catered party every Christmas, which we tried to book a location last week and we can't oh, wow. even find a place mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. So we got to figure that out still. So if you got like a, a banquet hall, first of all, you have a banquet hall with like <laughs> 120 seats. There? Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> but um, I think we normally like to go to the Millman Center, but the Millman Center was was like literally booked seven days a week until the new year. And so, um, anyway, I digress, but we're trying to figure all this stuff out. So current needs, current hurdles, we mentioned some of them already. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot, we had 55 kids yesterday, little kids, big kids need to separate. Um, we have new teams now that we never had before. Like we never had a setup team and a teardown team. Um, and I would say a a current need is we need to protect Jen. Mm -hmm. You see, you guys have to remember Christian used to be the pastor who oversaw serve staff Mm -hmm. and Jen was like his administrative assistant. So Jen would do scheduling and she would make sure that they all had what they needed, all the prep, and she would update the website and she would make sure that check-in was running and tech, all that tech stuff. But Christian was the one who did like the ministerial side of it, Mm -hmm. if I can say that. Mm -hmm. But when Christian left, 
it's it's like I, I didn't have the energy to take on what Christian left. And so poor Jen, basically all of it fell on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so Jen's probably doing too much. And and we lost all our team captains. Like we used to have team captains um, and we lost all our team captains because we lost our serve teams. And so we need to rebuild team captains. We need to rebuild all of that oversight. And and it can't just all fall on Jen's mm-hmm. shoulders because because we like Jen and we don't want her to get crushed. We don't want to get burned out. And this goes back to something that you'll hear me talk about sometimes. It's train and the trestle. Uh, you know, a trestle bridge is like that type of bridge they build when they go over like a ravine. And the point is the train can only go as far as the trestle is built out. And if you want the train to keep going, you got to build the trestle. If you just kind of like shoot the train off the trestle, it's going to crash and burn. And so you need to be building the trestle one step ahead of where the train is. And so if you think about that, that's processes and pot and people. And so all of these processes we need to figure out so that we can serve our people and so that our people can be protected and they can be healthy. Mm-hmm. Would you add anything to that? No. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Jeez. Where's David when you need him? David, say something funny. Oh, that was good, David. All right. So now we're going to we're going to kind of land this plane looking to the future. So where do we go from here? Well, I think trying to get back to our core values, which were can you remind a place us to start? So ministry not management, mm-hmm. serving unto the Lord with excellence, serving as you're gifted, not just a warm body, and valuing spiritual growth over your service. And yep. so um, I think just keeping that in our in the front of our minds that this is a ministry and we need to protect people we need to care for people yeah we need to shepherd them it's not just about tasks and right now we're in task mode because totally. we're totally because we're in survival mode yeah. We're, yeah we're like launching new ministries we're rebuilding the kids program we're rebuilding the surf program we have all these new systems to figure out so we're all in task mode right um and i think it's really really important that we remember that this is a ministry and it's about it's about our people and making sure they know that they're loved and valued and cared for. Yeah. So I think that's important as we kind of launch into this new kind of chaotic, crazy stage. So, I mean, it, it, it's a lot. And I think that it, it is really important, though, what Gina said, just the idea that if this is if we're going to stay true to our vision, mm-hmm. we want to have a serve staff that feels value, that feels love, that's connecting relationally, all of these different things. And they're not just getting burned out because they're being taken advantage of. Right. You know, we don't want, we don't want Linda to have to tackle people for coffee every day. Mm-hmm. It's just not fair to Linda. Other people have to do the tackling too. Yeah. Right. Um, also looking forward in the future, adapting new, sp- adapting to new space. I mean, the yeah. truth is that one of the reasons we didn't do reorientation is because we knew that things were going to be changing every week. And whether that was a good decision or a wrong decision, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I think it might have been a wrong decision. But at the same time, we're going to have to figure out classrooms. Like we were just talking, brainstorming yesterday about maybe the little kids should be in a classroom instead of being in a pop-up. And maybe that pop-up should be toddlers and waddlers, those two spaces. Um, oh, a big thing that we need to bring back is huddles. Oh, yeah. We used to have, I don't know if you guys remember this, we used to have huddles. What was a huddle? So we would do a pre-service huddle um, around like a half an hour before the service would start. We'd get there like an hour before the service would start. You do your setup, and then 
you know, half hour before the service would start, we'd gather, we would do VIP information and prayer. So we would remind people why they're serving greeters. Why is it important that you're greeting teachers? Why is it important? What are you doing? How does this contribute? Just kind of keeping them focused on the task. Um, we'd give out information that was important. You want your serve staff to feel on the inner circle to not be blindsided by changes that take place. You want to communicate with them yes. effectively. And so we would give them information. Hey, guys, today we're tweaking this system. Don't forget to do it this way. Right. You know, or, or micro training to remind them, hey, don't forget if someone brings a coffee in. Don't tackle them. Politely ask them. Politely. You don't cut Politely. off their leg, Linda. <laughs> she did not do that. We're just as joking. far as we know. But, um, you know, it's just a time for micro training. Don't forget. Make sure that you brushed your hair today and brushed your teeth. I like how Gina had to tell everybody that Linda didn't actually cut off someone's leg with a machete. Um, Gina, I'm really <laughs> glad you cleared that up because I think Dina was super concerned that there was a maimer just chopping feet off. Like this is whatever twelve hundred and thirteen. Oh anyway, go on. so anyway, so yeah, so we and also rebuilding serve staff team captains, mm-hmm. uh, which is really a form of deacons, deaconesses, mm-hmm. and, and prayer, and prayer. Well, we'd pray in the huddle. We'd pray. Yes. It would be VIP, yeah. uh, vision, information, and prayer. Yeah, and so that's really I, we need to get that back and up and running. Serve staff team captains, identifying them, who they're going to be. Um, and then once these things are a little bit more nailed down, we do have to have a reorientation so that we can keep everybody in the loop. Yeah. And speaking of prayer, um, we would really, really love for people to be praying. You know, you're more than welcome to join for prayer. Like it doesn't have to be solely when you're serving. Um, the worship team gathers, what, 930? Worship team gets there at 8. When you pray. Oh, like around 9.30. Around 9.30. And so everybody's welcome to come and join us for prayer. Right. And we would like to see more people praying. So Well, and, and right now we're doing like a huddle together, but ideally it should be split up right. a little bit more. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I hope you guys got to see a little bit behind the curtain. Gina, do you have a Tales from the Road? That's an embarrassing story about me. No. Nothing? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on. The first time we went to Indonesia, well, the only time that I went to Indonesia, but the first night there, we were at a hotel in Jakarta before yeah. we went off after to... After the Saudi guy. Before we went off to... So we got off the Saudi Audi, the go? Saudi... Well, we were going from Jakarta to another island, which we're not going to talk about. Okay. We had an overnight transit we hotel. We had an overnight at the hotel, and um, our room had yep. all sorts of baby cockroaches in it. All kinds of cockroaches. And Bill cried. I was very sensitive. He did. I was very tired. He was tired. very jet lagged and I was exhausted. Very tired. And there were all these baby. I'm so tired. Todd. It was like that. There were all these baby cockroaches. They were all over running me. Running around our room, and he was literally like, "I don't know what we've gotten ourselves into." Well, and, and I calmed him down, which is. I very just unusual. want you guys to know, I have no recollection of crying, David. I told him to take a nap. I didn't cry. I was cutting onions. And there was something in my eye. And he took a nap and he felt better after that. And then he killed all those And then I was really manly after that. Yeah. Caleb's laughing at me so hard right now. I can hear Whatever. Him. I can hear Caleb laughing at me. He's not even listening to the podcast right now. I can hear him laughing from a distance. Well, guys, I got a lot tougher since then. I swear. What is it with me and bugs? I don't know. He does kill a lot of bugs at our house, so. <sighs> They're so gross. Just don't like them. All right, guys. Well, now that I'm humiliated, this is Bill and Gina. 
Signing off. Signing out. Take it easy. <laughs>